Welcome to MBA Podcaster, the only broadcast source for cutting-edge information and advice on the MBA application process. I'm Janet Nakano. While a GMAT score remains one of the essential pieces of an application for nearly all full-time MBA programs, we're finding that many executive programs have cut it out from the admissions criteria. This week, we'll explore why more than half of Business Week's top 25 EMBA programs don't ask you to take the GMAT at all. We'll also find out if you can apply for a waiver, even at the schools that say the GMAT is required. We'll talk to the heads of three top executive MBA programs that have three very different GMAT policies. Back in 1985, Harvard became the first major business school to abandon the GMAT. At the time, they argued that the test wasn't the best predictor of student success. Eleven years later, in 97, Harvard decided to reinstate its GMAT requirement. Now, just last year, Stanford Business School announced it would accept GRE scores in place of the GMAT for its full-time program. School officials said it would increase diversity and help defray costs to those that can't afford to take the test. For executive MBA programs, the story of the GMAT is a bit more complex. Take, for example, Duke's Fuqua School of Business. Kathy Amato is Assistant Dean of Executive Programs. The GMAT is required for all programs except our Global Executive Program. And the Global Executive Program is the one that is designed for the most senior level of executives. And we found that for people who have been out of school as long as these folks and have had the wide range of experiences these people have, that the GMAT actually is not a good predictor of their performance in a program like this. But for all of the other programs, the GMAT is required. Fuqua offers two other executive programs, the Cross-Continent and Weekend Executive. While officially the GMAT is required for these programs, Amato says there isn't a hard and fast rule to that policy. Some can actually request a waiver. There's not a GMAT waiver that truly exists for a cross-continent program. To do something like that there would be a, a real exception for us because that is a younger demographic for whom the GMAT actually is a pretty good predictor of their performance. But within our weekend program, we do offer waivers. And not only are there waivers for folks who perhaps have a Ph.D. or an M.D., but also if there is someone who has considerable years of experience, and we believe that a GMAT is not going to be the best predictor of his or her performance. The Stern School of Business at New York University and Gozueta Business School at Emory University have similar policies. The EMBA programs at both of these schools require the GMAT but will accept waivers for technical degree holders or those with extensive professional experience. If you think you're one that may qualify for a waiver, be forewarned. Amato says that they're not easily granted. She says you'll have to go through a rigorous process. We have an an interview process that we go through. We ask some very directed questions relative to places where they've demonstrated an ability to do the type of work that we want them to do. People who apply to our programs need to demonstrate that they're going to be able to be successful in an academic environment. And a GMAT frequently is a good way to show that. But we also understand that there are exceptions to that. But we need for people to give us, you know, good rationale for why they should be an exception. Even with the GMAT not required policy for Fuqua's global executive program, Amato says still some decide to take it. 
some do it because they don't understand that it's not going to be required. You know, they get into the process and they've taken it. And some do it for their own benefit because they have been out of school for a while and they really want to have their own assessment of, you know, am I going to be able to do this? And they view it as being, you know, a, a pretty interesting way to assess that. Some executive MBA programs have a GMAT optional policy where a good score can be submitted to strengthen an application. One example of this is the EMBA program at the Marshall School of Business of the University of Southern California. The school's website states the test is highly recommended for applicants that aren't able to show quantitative strength through work experience or academic background. Penny Osland is executive director of EMBA programs at the University of North Carolina's Keenan-Flagler Business School. She says here's another incentive to take the GMAT even if it's not required. The issue I think that I frequently hear in talking, you know, debating this issue back and forth with my colleagues is, well, if an applicant won't take the time to study and take the GMAT, then how are they going to find the time to do the program? And I think that's a very valid argument because, um, you know, if they're just, if they're not willing to really take the time to prepare their application, then there is some concern about how they'll have time to do the program while they're working full time. UNC's Keenan Flagler Business School offers three executive programs. Penny Oslin says the GMAT is required for two of the three. Our policy for evening and weekend is that the GMAT is required. However, it's possible to request a waiver if you have a PhD and or a master's degree in a highly technical field. And requesting a waiver does not guarantee a waiver. What we do about 25 to 35 percent of our applicants or of these students that we actually admit in both of those programs hold advanced degrees. And as we worked with them over the years and we're looking at what was the most efficient use of their time in preparing to come into the program, we realized that they they didn't necessarily need you know, the, to prove to us that they had the statistical ability or the, you know, the, just the overall quantitative ability. But what they might need would be to go back and take a class in accounting, for example. And so we, I think we moved to the waiver system partly because we felt that we we got adequate information about their quantitative skills from their transcripts. I mean, these are people who have been in school for obviously over four years, um, probably a minimum of six and as many as seven and eight years, you know, in in post-baccalaureate work. In 2002, Keenan Flagler launched its global EMBA program called One MBA. And like Fuqua's global program, One MBA applicants don't have to take the GMAT. Clearly, we've been watching the competitive landscape carefully, and that definitely drove part of the One MBA decision because at that time, Several of the other leading global programs were not requiring it. We have chosen, as I say, to take a pretty hard line on 
on the GMAT for the evening and weekend program, and the compromise there was to allow people to request the waiver. With so many EMBA programs deciding to cut the GMAT requirement, you could imagine the GMAT is a hot issue among business schools. Some of these schools that aren't requiring the test include Kellogg, Chicago GSB, Ross, Anderson, and Cornell's Johnson School. Meanwhile, other schools take a hard line on requiring the GMAT, like Wharton and the Macomb School of Business of University of Texas Austin. These schools claim that the GMAT is a dependable way to test an applicant's analytical skills, and work experience may fall short in this area. But the GMAT isn't the best measure for all students, says David Artis, EMBA program director at the Ross School of Business of the University of Michigan. He says for their targeted audience, a standardized test wasn't necessary. We've turned out to typically attract an older audience for the executive MBA program than most of our、uh, peers. Our average is about 15 years of overall work experience, with an average of 10 to 11 in a managerial supervisory capacity. And in looking at our admissions process, what we felt was most Critical to this audience was, you know, first and foremost, recognizing that the needs of someone with, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty plus years of experience, they're very different than the needs of our typical MBA student who, you know, is coming into the program with four, five, six years of of, of experience. And so, in this respect,、uh, the admissions process is most most interested. Uh, in looking at the overall work experience, so for us, it's understanding that work experience, the track record of achievement, their growth, their level of responsibility,、uh, and then you know also looking at their future growth potential within the organization.、Uh, yes, we are you know, an academic institution, and we have to be、uh, you know, concerned to make sure that students can adequately. You know, function in the class as far as their academic backgrounds, their quantitative skills, etc. But to have a you know forty forty five year old take a standardized placement test doesn't necessarily you know, really you know, evoke to us the the most important things in an in an admissions process. There are lots of other ways for us to assess their quantitative skills. Uh, you know, we're confident that anyone we're admitting into the program, they can handle the program.、Uh, you know, academically, the, the faculty have told us we can teach them everything that they need to be successful in the the program. The schools in favor of the GMAT argue that without the test, there has to be an impact somewhere, either on the curriculum or the content of the program. And they argue that the students without quantitative skills on par with others can drag down a class. David Artis says while the GMAT can be a good measure of skills for full-time MBA students, their EMBA program has a different focus. We're focused and trying to really distinguish our program based on the curriculum and its intense focus on leadership.、Uh, so even in that accounting class and that、uh, marketing class or that finance class, that you know, in some of the very quantitative classes. It's、uh, very different from the the class that's taught in the full time program. In accounting, yes, I mean industry has an expectation of what the Michigan MBA stands for.、Uh, so we reserve the right to dive down into the trenches to make sure they understand the basics of debits and credits.、Uh, but at the end of the day, it's more about 
what can you take from this class to be successful at the highest levels of an organization? So in that accounting class, it's, you know, can you understand that, that annual report? Do you understand what companies are saying by what they're not including? Uh, do you know when the red flags are going off to, to, to bring in the CPA to really explain the, uh, the differences to you? So the, the executive MBA is much more strategic uh, in its approach uh, and you're less focused on uh, necessarily, you know, having you be the the actual producers of the information. Uh, at the the EMBA level, it's about making sure you're a good consumer. Uh, you can hire people uh, who can do the the quantitative skills for you. Artis says if there is any concern for a student's quantitative skill level, they do offer refresher courses to help them get prepared. What we do for all of our admitted uh, executive MBA candidates is there is uh, an optional quantitative skills workshop that is offered the first two days uh, prior to the official kickoff of our uh, 10-day orientation residency. Uh, we're also, you know, typically three to four months before that that residency, providing them with a series of CDs that are produced uh, within the school. Uh, that give them the ability to do to do an, a self-assessment of some of their you know basic analytical quantitative skills uh, and get a jump start so that you know if if your your self-test you know shows that you know some of these skills you're pretty rusty on uh, you've got you know three or four months uh, to really you know if you need to go go to a community college or a local school and take a refresher course in some of the basic uh, you know, quantitative skills, uh, you've, got, uh, you've got that time prior to starting the program. Artis says one other reason why they decided against the GMAT was that their closest competitors, Kellogg and Chicago GSB, don't require it. And he says the GMAT isn't the perfect predictor of someone's success in the program. And I think that's where, you know, we don't rely, you know, we don't want to rely too heavily on that. And that's, I mean, in the, in the full-time day program, it's not the, the most important thing uh, by any means in understanding, you know, uh, you know an applicant for that program uh, in admission to the program. It's just another piece of information that in combination with, you know, someone's academic skills, uh, or academic track record, uh, you know, undergraduate performance, graduate level performance, uh, along with their their work experience, uh, letters of reference are all taken into into account as far as you know trying to you know identify the right candidates for you know the Ross MBA, whether it's the the full time program, the evening program, or the executive program. For more information, advice, and to register for your weekly MBA podcast, visit mbapodcaster.com. I'm Janet Nakano for MBA Podcaster. Thanks for listening and join us next time.